0: Good Sunday morning. City Gate Church and Pastor Howie Cantrell welcome you to this week's broadcast. We encourage you to tune in each Sunday morning at 7.30 right here on 100.7 WHIN or visit us in person at 734 Red River Road in Gallatin, Tennessee. Services start at 9.45. And now, Pastor Howie Cantrell. Our sermon today is going to be, Teach Me How to Pray. Teach me how to pray. I was looking at some pictures that my mom sent me the other day. Because I don't want to embarrass y'all, I'm not going to show you the pictures. But uh, my mom sent me a picture of me sitting with a little Gibson SG guitar. And I remember my mom pushing me to play music. My dad could play anything he put his hands on. If he just picked it up, he could play it. But I struggled to play. And so because of my struggling, I felt like I couldn't do it. Anybody relate to that? Because we struggle a little bit, sometimes we feel like we can't. And most of the time, people struggle with a prayer life. Most of the time, we have a hard time trying to not just remembering to pray but sometimes we feel because we don't pray the way somebody else prays that we don't do it that good so we just don't do it and i've watched jeff week after week stand here and pray for a long time now and i've watched him change in his prayers i watched him go from These sheepish kind of prayers, I hope I'm getting it right to where he stands in the authority of his calling and his position. And when he prays, he prays with authority. And I can feel him praying. Can you guys hear that and see that as well? And as this goes on, what we have to do is we have to learn how to pray. And there's nothing wrong with not being able to do things the way somebody else does it. Just because somebody can do something one way doesn't mean that what you're doing is not good. But what we have here is a beautiful example of Jesus talking to his disciples. And and he starts to go through some things. And I want to share this with you so that you get this. In Proverbs it says, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. And in all you're getting... Get understanding. Now, why is that important? The reason it's important is that the Lord's Prayer is not a ritual prayer, but a pattern to follow. And so I want you guys to understand that as we go through this today, I'm going to be discussing with you in Matthew about the Lord's Prayer. I'm going to be sharing how Jesus taught his disciples to pray, but I'm going to break down each one of these segments, and I'm going to show you what the Lord's Prayer actually means and how far it actually reaches. Because we look at it, and we just see these 23 basic little words that are not a whole lot, and we memorize them when we were kids, most of us. And we did that in the King James, so I'm going to use the King James today because that's where I memorized it. And it's hard for me to try to say it in the New King James because I got it stuck in my head. So y'all going to have to deal with that part today. But the Lord's Prayer is not a ritual. See, we think when we say this prayer that we just keep repeating it. Let me say something to you. If there's something wrong with us saying the Lord's Prayer over and over again, then there's something wrong with us saying John 3.16 over and over again. Because this is the Word of God. Amen? Are y'all with me today? Y'all stay with me because we got some stuff. Y'all help me preach today. It's important as we go through this that we understand what it means. Not just the wisdom of the knowledge of knowing about it, but the understanding. The scripture says this. Therefore, this is Jesus speaking, do not be like them. For your Father knows the things you have need of before you ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray. Now I want to pause right here and I want to show you a couple of things just in this. What is he talking about when he says, don't be like them? Because what was going on at the time is that these guys, these Pharisees especially, they would stand up in the middle of the market. And they would go into these big eloquent prayers because they knew the language of the scripture. And so they would pray these big long prayers. And they would pray with one eye open to see who was watching. And if somebody started watching, then they would pray louder. And as they would do this, they would draw a crowd around them. And they were trying to be noticed as someone who prays. We don't need to be noticed by men to be someone who prays. We need to be noticed by Satan that we're someone who prays. You better pay attention to what I just said. Because when we pray with authority like Jeff has been praying, when we stand in authority and we pray these prayers, then we're being recognized by our enemy. And the reason we need to be recognized is because if we're recognized by Him, we know for certain that God's seeing us. Amen? Amen? Let's keep digging into this. The Bible says this, Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Matthew 6, 8 through 13. Now I'm going to go through this and I'm going to break this down because the Lord's Prayer holds 23 very special elements. For those of you that were in theology class, we're doing prayer 1. And I pulled this out of this and I reworked some of it. But for the most part, it's pretty much what came out of our text And I felt that it was so important for us to know this and to learn this. Why is it important? Because you need to know the authority you have when you pray this, what seemingly is a simple prayer. You need to understand when you pray this prayer what it actually means. So today we're going to go from your head knowledge and we're going to give you understanding. And that's the key. Each one of these statements grants those who believe in him, his child, the ability to personally communicate with God himself. Now, why is this important? Because I've told you this before and I'm going to keep saying it. I am not going to let go of this. We are not all God's children. We are not all God's children. We are, in fact, all God's creation. But the only way you become God's child is by accepting the sacrifice offered by his son and being grafted into the branch or being adopted into his family. That's when you become his child. Amen. And so it's important that we understand that when we say these things, when we speak these things as the child of God, that we're able to do that in authority. And that's what's important. Let's dig in. You guys ready? Our father is a relationship. He's saying when we say our father, we're saying that this is a relationship. He is a daddy to us. I don't know what your childhood was like, and I don't know if you had a good situation or a bad situation, or if you ever had anybody that was close enough to you that you could call a daddy. But when I talk to my dad, I say, hey, daddy, how you doing? When I talk to my mom, I say, Mommy, how are you? You see, I can leave it at the dad. I can leave it at the mom. But when I go to daddy and I go to mommy, what am I doing? I'm speaking at another level. Amen? When we speak to our Father in heaven, we're saying to him, Hey, Dad. Hey, Daddy. I know who you are. Now watch this. Which art in heaven recognizes where his throne is. Now, I talk to people about this and I'm going to go through this and I'm going to break a lot of stuff down today. But I'm going to share something with you and I'm going to be challenged by some. But I've got scripture to back up. And if I can't back it up with scripture, you bring it to me because I want to know if I'm not able to back it up. Amen. I want you to to question me. I'm okay with that. That doesn't hurt my feelings. But there's a scripture in the Bible in Job. And it talks about this time of a conclave or a gathering in heaven. And Satan goes to heaven. And people say Satan can't go to heaven. But I want to show you which art in heaven recognize where his throne is. God doesn't get off of his throne to go see what the devil's up to. That's an amen all by myself. But it's the truth. God does not leave his throne to see where Satan is. Because he's sitting in authority. And he's sitting where he's supposed to be. And his son is sitting at the right hand. Hallowed be thy name is adoration that says he is worthy to be worshipped. Now today, I don't know if you felt what I felt up here, if you felt that out there or you felt it online. But I'm telling you right now, I was in the presence of God this morning. I felt him. We stood on the stage this morning and we had prayer as a group. Logan forgot to bring the, the tripod for the camera. And he had to leave. But that did not make him not part of our group. Y'all follow with me just for a minute. As we stood up here, we prayed for Logan that God would give him a safe trip back home and then back to this place. Why is it important that we do this? Because we need to recognize that God is worthy to be worshipped. And when we ask him something, he will do it. And we trusted God. God took Logan home. He brought him back and he did it safely. And we gave him the praise and we stood here and as I went around the stage and I prayed for everybody, Becky and I prayed for every one of you in this room right now and the ones that are online, when I woke up, when my eyes opened, I started praying for you today. I started praying that you would be well, that you would be healthy, that you would be healed, mind, body and soul, that you would be present if you could be here. But that God would change your life today. And that not one person that needs Jesus, that needs salvation, would leave this room or sign off of this program today. Why? Because we need to know that hallowed be thy name. The adoration that God is worthy to be worshipped and praised. Thy kingdom come is anticipation. It's what we long for. I was talking to Jeff and Terry Becky and I had lunch with them earlier this week, and we love it when we can get together with you guys, <clears throat> but it's not as common as we want it. But we were sitting there with Jeff and Terry, and they were talking about Miss Pat when it came time for her to leave. And Jeff said that she tore out both door frames when the angel came to get her. She had hands and feet on both sides of the door, and ripped both of them out because she didn't want to go. But I'm going to tell you this. This is what we long for. Thy kingdom come. Why is that important? Because it's not just, oh yeah, let's just throw this word out here. It's what we're anticipating. How many of you want to go to heaven? How many of you want to go to hell? I hope nobody raised their hand. I can't see past about four or five rows here. But we anticipate that God is going to forgive us of our sins, and we long for that. We long for the time I do. I long for the time that I can go and I can see my grandmothers, that I can see my grandfathers, that I can see my aunts and uncles that have gone before, my friends and my family that have gone to the other side and they wait on us. I long for that day. I'm not pushing the envelope. I'm not trying to get out of here too quick. But when my time comes, I want to know. First John five thirteen. These things have I written so that you may know that you have eternal life. I believe that today. I believe every word I'm saying to you because in anticipation, I wait to see him split the eastern sky. Amen. Thy will be done is consecration, that his will is our will. One of the things that I try to teach my students is when I grew up, there was a a thought process in church, in the church that I grew up and many others that we have the authority to bind Satan. So I'm just going to throw something out there for you. I know I'm messing with your thinking today. Good, I hope. But we know for certain that Jesus said, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. When he kicked He being God, when God kicked Satan out of heaven, he didn't play games. And when Satan left, one-third of all the angels went with him. We don't know how many that is, but we do know it was a specific number because it was a third of whatever the whole sum was. So my question to you is if we have the authority to bind Satan, the Bible says whatever is bound on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever is bound in heaven will be bound in earth. We know that. Because the scripture says that. But do we have the authority to bind Satan? I challenge you with this thought. If we had the authority to bind Satan and the enemies or his, his demons, if we had that authority since the early church, since the second chapter of Acts, and the power and authority was given to us, by now, every one of them would have been tied up in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Amen? I'm being real here. So if we had the authority to tie him up, who let him go? Think about it. Nowhere in Scripture does it say that we have the authority to bind Satan. The Bible says, resist the devil and he will flee. That's the word. So what I'm telling you and I want to show you, thy will be done is that we bind our will to the will of the Father. He binds his will to us here And we're bound to him, not only through salvation and righteousness and holiness, but we're bound by the will of God. So when we ask this question, I wonder what God's will is. The scripture says that none should perish. That's the will of God. He told us to go into all the world to preach the gospel unto every living creature. That's the great commission. And that's for all of us to do. So I'm telling you that thy will be done, the consecration act of that, is his will, is our will. We're binding our wills together. We're one with God. Amen? Let's keep going. In earth means universality. He reigns both here and there. He is the God of the universe. The Bible says that he uses the earth as his footstool. As it is in heaven, shows conformity. No rebellion there. There's no rebellion in heaven anymore. God took care of that. And we discussed that, we talked about that give us is supplication and says we're needy if there's one person in this room that says they're not needy i'm gonna call you a lie we some of the neediest rascals on the planet and that's pretty needy we're never quite satisfied are we we never quite have enough if we got one we want two If we got two, we want ten of whatever, especially dollars. Amen. I was discussing something with Melissa on the phone texting yesterday. And I found out that Travis had a problem. He was pulling his wood splitter to go split wood, and the bearing locked up on the wheel and because he drives a big, heavy truck, a big truck, he didn't realize that the bearing had locked up and then soon after that, the wheel, the tire itself blew out and they just kept on going down the road. And if you saw his truck, you'd understand why he couldn't see that little thing behind him. But as I thought about that, I thought about being needy. Travis was in need Of that log splitter yesterday. He needed it. Melissa needed it. Because they got up to go work together. And go make that happen. But I know my son well enough to know. That he starts diagnosing the situation. What can I do to fix this? And in the abilities that God has given him. He is a fantastic mechanic. But he couldn't fix it. Without the parts. Now I want you to pay attention. To what I'm saying right here. We are needy. We need God. We can't fix what is broken in us. Are y'all still with me? As much as we want to try, and I know if Travis could have done it yesterday, he would have fixed that thing and he would have drug it back home instead of having to load it up on his truck and unload it and all the stuff he had to go through here, Melissa. He would have done it if he could. I'm telling you today that the Lord's Prayer tells us when when it says, give us, God, give us. Give us what we need because we are needy. We are in need of a savior. Amen. This day, definiteness, today's need being met is enough. I don't know if y'all have experienced what I have experienced during this COVID situation. But I can't get enough to eat. I can tell by the laughing that some of y'all have experienced the same thing that I'm experiencing. I turned around and Tommy, I was trying to button my shirt. He said, what are you doing? I said, I'm trying to cover up my fat. He just laughed and turned his head. I can't seem to get enough. And I started praying. Last week at class, I challenged the students to start praying specifically every day and asking God for direction every day started asking God what should I put in my mouth and not put in my mouth I didn't ask him last night (laughs) but my wife called me out (laughs) I know it's horrible and I know it. it, 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 I think it has something to do with this COVID thing going on because she, she looked over and saw what I was eating and she said do you need a pickle with that Because I had a cinnamon Pop-Tart. I love a cinnamon Pop-Tart, I ain't going to lie. That's kind of like Dairy Queen ice cream. But I didn't have no Dairy Queen ice cream. I had me a cinnamon Pop-Tart. And I went in and I put it in the microwave because the toaster takes too long. And I wasn't hungry, I was hungry. There's a big difference in those two things. And I got a jar of peanut butter. (laughs) <laughs> and, and 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 I didn't have any water upstairs, and I was too lazy to go downstairs, but I had some Hawaiian punch that I got from my grandson. And I know all that sounds crazy and it sounds weird, but when you put it in a mason jar, it works better. And I sat there, and I ate a Pop-Tart with peanut butter and drunk my juice, and my wife turned around and said, what are you doing? I'm eating a pork peanut butter. <laughs> because I had a mouth full of peanut butter because I don't eat a little bit of peanut butter. That, that is a cargo container. What I'm getting, <laughs> I want you guys to understand that I didn't need everything that I put in me last night, but I needed something. And I did not need to be humiliated and food shamed by my girlfriend. So I quickly ate my peanut butter and stopped. Because I had a couple little crackers sitting over (laughs) on the table too. And I said, no, I'm not going to do that. She ain't going to get all of this. So when I'm telling you this, I want you to understand that I wanted that. And God allowed me to go to my cabinet and get that, and he allowed me to eat that, even though I didn't ask him if it was good for me or not. Now, it was good for my mouth, because I liked it. And no, I didn't need a pickle, thank you very much. But I did like it. I enjoyed it when I ate it, and it satisfied me. Because he met my need, what I needed. Our daily bread, see how this all just comes in this Sunday and y'all hungry, is necessity. It's not looking for a million dollars. Look, I had a couple dollars in my pocket. I was here at the church, at the palace. Mason and I came and sat up last night, and I got to spend some time with him. And I've always loved that kid, but I fell in love with him last night over again. And I told him that that Granny, which is my mother-in-law, Thought he was so sweet that I was getting cavities. I'm just saying. Y'all figured it out sometime. But this is what I'm getting at. All we need is what we need for right now. I had enough that I could have stopped at the store. I could have done all kinds of stuff. But I knew there was provision at home. I knew I had that Pop-Tart. Because Travis didn't know I had them. (laughs) I'm being honest about this. And I knew I had some peanut butter. And I knew I was going to eat that when I got home. And so that was worth to me money. Are you getting this? The provision that God gave me, he met my need and he provided something because he gave me what was necessary to sustain me. And that's where we need to be looking. We have been, listen to me, we have been patient. God has given us a marvelous gift. And I talked with, with uh, John Boliu, I think I'm saying that right, which is Jenny's husband. We talked on Facebook Messenger. And he told me that Jenny had been in contact with the attorneys and, and that they're already got the process moving. And we don't know when we're going to occupy our new building, but we know it's in the works and everybody's excited. They're excited and we're excited. Because God has been meeting our need week after week after week after year after year for seven years. God has met our need. And when we, when we had Isaac to call and he said, I have a need. Because God has been good to us, we were able to meet his need. Now listen, exceedingly and abundantly above anything that he asked for. He just asked for us to help with the sound. But what came out of that conversation is he's not a person who, who is a weeper like I am. But he said, Howie, he said, water is falling from my face. He said, God is good and his provision is good. And he said this. He said, not only are we going to be able to buy the best sound system we can buy. But we're going to be able to fix the girls' bathrooms too. And I thought about those little girls Having to go outside and use the bathroom. My dad told me while they were there, they would just, because there were no bathrooms, the little girls would just do like the guys. They would go over beside a tree or whatever. They'd go to the bathroom and they'd come back in. But I thought, what we're going to be able to do out of this church body, those of you that have helped online and those of you that have helped right here in front of us, in live person the difference that we're going to make, not only are they going to get, but they're going to get more. This is what he's talking about. I'm going to give you your daily bread. I'm going to make sure that you have enough. And when somebody comes and needs, I'm going to make sure you got something to give them to. Are you still with me? You see how powerful this prayer is? Let's keep going. And forgive us. That's a penance. We recognize our wrongs. Listen, I tell people all the time, In counseling, I don't care if you've got 1% on this side of the scale or you've got 90% on this side of the scale. Own what's on your side. You've got to own your own wrongs. You've got to understand that you are not perfect. You don't get it right all the time. And we sit in judgment against other people thinking that we're so right. Let me tell you something. The minute you think that you got it together, you better be careful. Because you're sitting in the wrong spot. You asked God to get out of his chair and you sat down in it. You better be careful. Amen. Recognize our wrongs. Forgive us. Our debts, which is our obligation. We owe him and all men. Now I want to show you something. We owe everybody an apology. I promise you there's not one person sitting in this room that hasn't wronged somebody that hadn't apologized for wrong. I'm being real with it. My toes are curled up too. It's the truth. And when God reveals that to you, you make that right. You fix that. Because that way he forgives our debts. It's an obligation we owe to him and to other men. Because the Bible says if you won't forgive them... I won't forgive you. That's God speaking. As we forgive, true forgiveness, we refuse to be judgmental. I was asked not long ago how I felt about gay people. And I said, what do you mean? They said, how do you feel about gay people? I said, what do you mean? They said, well, do you think they're going to hell? I said, there's something you need to know about me. I don't deserve, earn, or have the right to sit in God's throne. Not my place. I know what the word says, and I believe what the word says. But the Bible also tells a man to work out his own salvation with fear and trembling before God. And if there is breath in a man, there's hope in a man. He said, well, what do you think about them as individuals? I said, I love them. He said, how can you love gay people? I said, what are you talking about? How can I love gay people? I love them. He said, I just don't understand how you, how you can do that and you can be a preacher. I said, it's easy. God didn't call me to do anything but be a fisher of men. He called me to catch them. He never called me to clean them. It ain't my job to clean nobody. It's my job to give them the bait of the word and to bring them to the boat and let them work out their salvation. Let them work it out. I'm telling you right now don't stand in judgment of anybody. Because if that's the case, all of us are going to hell anyway. Amen. You've been listening to Pastor Howie Cantrell with City Gate Church, located at 734 Red River Road, Gallatin, Tennessee. Please visit us in person for Sunday worship at 945. You may also see our live broadcast on Facebook and YouTube. From everyone at CityGate, have a blessed week.